Okay, so we are back with uh, It's a Trans World Podcast. We're super excited to be here tonight. We have a special guest on with us, Trigger Infinity Sanchez. Uh, Trigger is also the king, trans world pageant king. He won the pageant uh, more recently. and We're super excited to have him a part of the trans world family. But we also wanted to dive into who is Trigger? Who is Trigger? Uh, but before we get started, I'm Raquel, your host, my handsome co-host Malik uh, Santiago St. James um, is here and he's going to give us some highlights before we really dive into uh, asking Trigger all these interesting questions because he's already said everything is on the table and there's nothing off limit. He said what he said. He said what the hell he said. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to dive in um, to the baby. Um, I don't know if you all remember a couple of months ago, the baby made some controversial uh, remarks at one of his concerts. Um, yeah, so I listen to that uh, kind of music, so I don't even follow him. I don't need yeah, to yeah. scenes or what he does. I know he's a rapper. Uh, yeah, he addressed some um, homophobic HIV stuff. Um, he said a lot of ignorant stuff that he shouldn't have said. However, he has lost $200 million because of that. Because the remarks he said was very ignorant and he should have lost. What did he, what did he say? Such as, um, if you're here tonight and you ain't got HIV, hold your lighters up. If you're here tonight and you don't suck dick, hold your lighters, you know, that type of stuff. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he went in, so... Maybe his lover made him mad before he got on stage. <laughs> I don't know, but he got he got canceled for a lot of stuff, and he has since lost two hundred million dollars. Wow! It's the second time getting canceled, ain't it? I, I believe so. So, oh. but I, I know it's a total of two hundred million dollars. So you just can't say what you want to say about our community and think you can just go on and and make millions. It just don't work like that. Well, little baby, little baby, we gonna pray for you. I, I hope it works out for you and it it all comes back. Um, but you better that's, be well, what you say. Also, and that's uh, the baby. Oh, that's the, the baby. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Well, I apologize. <laughs> the uh, the uh, D A D A baby. Okay. The baby. I'm praying for you and I hope it does uh, work out and everything kind of. Comes back full circle. Um, even if you don't agree, uh, we are all human um, and we all deserve to be respected. Uh, so if there's any remorse in that, it, in anywhere in you, um, I'm praying for you that, you know, what you've lost, you can gain again. Um, before we get started, we always say to our audience that we lead with love and this is a safe place. Um, and we talk about everything. Uh, we tell you guys this too. There's nothing off the table. All conversations are valid. All conversations are on the table. Um, so if you are a little sensitive, don't hesitate to just log off. It's okay. Uh, come back for the next show. Um, but uh, Trigger, tell the people, who are you? Who are you? Uh, let's see. I'm Taja King. Off stage, um, on stage, I'm triggered. I'm a loving, caring person. I'm extremely shy. If I don't really know you, <laughs> I, honestly, 
So if you try to come up to me and I'm just like, hi, it's, it's not no disrespect. I'm sorry. I'm extremely shy. I'm working on it, but I'm, I'm a good dad. I got three kids that love everything I do. They, they are here for it. They actually help me pick out a lot of my songs and stuff that I wear for shows. So I'm a cook by nature. Yeah. Ooh. So you have three biological children? One biological and two to a previous relationship. We got planned them together, so. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. So who, so for those of you that don't know, Trigger is a trans man. Okay. So born female and trans men. So Trigger can biologically have children. But those of you that are a little confused, um, (laughs) but you said, you just said that you guys plan in your previous relationship, you have two uh, children that you planned. What does that mean? Because a lot of people, I know what it means, but what does that mean for the people that don't know? Well, being that I was with a cisgender woman and I am trans, we can't physically have kids together. So we talked about it and said we would have kids. We, you know, made a plan, decided how we were going to do it. And this, from there on, like, okay, we're going to use this. We're going to do it this way. And you are the dad. Like, you're going to, you know, be in the kid's life. And that's how we did that. Well, um, so I know for our high sedity and sophisticated folk, uh, they may go to the sperm bank. Uh, they may have an artificial insemination. Uh, they may have a doctor put the baby inside. Uh, but for you guys, it sounds like you found a donor, found somebody that you guys liked, and y'all laid down, did to do, and y'all got pregnant. Yeah. Okay. It, was, it was like, you know, we, we talked about it, so it was just like, look, this is what we need you for. This That's it. That's all. <laughs> got it. I get it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell us about like the pageant world. You have won a few titles. Uh, you just recently won trans, trans world, but you have a few other titles as, as well. So tell us about just your, your life in pageantry and why, how, where you are now. Um, well, yesterday actually made six years um, being an entertainer. Uh, but when I first started, it was just, you know, coming out to the bar, hanging out. And it was an open stage, so you know I was performing. Like my one of my close friends from high school was the show host, so I just go and you know have fun. And the bar owner, he always be sitting there watching. He was like, "You've been here a couple of times. Like you do a good job. Are you, you like this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I love it." He's like, "All right, do this pageant." Me not knowing what it was, I'm like, "Okay, let's do this pageant." It's like, "Yeah, you need a suit. You got interview, and then get up there and do what you do on Wednesdays." So I'm like, "All right, let's do this." And then, so my first one, I got um, with, with UCLA, so I was Mr. Iowa first all UCLA, but I got my ticket to nationals. I went to nationals. I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Like, y'all got me out here with all these people. Like, look what they wearing. Like, I mean, I had a suit and stuff, you know, stones, but it wasn't nothing compared to what they was doing. I was like, yeah, no, we need to work on this. <laughs> but as I, as I got, you know, started doing it more and more and got further with my transition, I decided that MI wasn't for me because me personally, for MI pages, like when it comes to evening wear, like you gotta be stoned to the gods. You gotta be covered in stones. If if you're not covered in stones, you're not placing in top 10, top five. They don't, they ain't gonna care about your suit. It's creative formal wear, but if you're not covered in stones, they ain't gonna look at you. And me personally, I live my life as a male on a daily basis. Then I feel like, not saying like that's too early, but I'm not that feminine when it comes to suits per se for me. So I'm not the one that's gonna wanna be covered in stones. I tried it one year. My suit had 9,000 stones on it. I know because I stoned it myself. 
and it was nowhere near enough. <laughs> I was like, this is for me. So I decided to, when I decided, found out that there was Mr. Pageants that trans people can do, I decided to cross over and went straight to that and started doing that. And that fits me more because I don't have to feel like I need to look like a male to do this because that's what I already am. Got it. And it, oh, only, so with some of them, you have the people that are like, oh, you're not mad enough. You might have those little comments and those little things that might bother you. So that's why when it was opportunity and it was a trans pageant, I was like, I'm doing this. This is me. This is who I am on a daily basis. I could be myself and no gotta worry about nothing extra. That's so for the for the viewers and listeners, um, explain to them, because everybody don't know everybody's pageant boys or competitors, explain to them the difference between the Mr. Pageants and the MI pageant. The MI pageants is um, you got to be born female for all the MI pageants. You have to be born female. If you're not born female, then you cannot do it. And as far as my understanding, I believe if you also have a sex change, you cannot do MI. If I remember correctly <laughs> for that. So that's pretty much the difference between MI and all the regular pageants. You have to be born female. You can give them the male illusion, but you have to be born female to do and MI means male illusionist for those of you that don't know that either. Okay. Okay. So now you stated that um, you went to nationals or whatever. Um, it was your first time. Did you actually compete? Yes. You, My first year, I got 20 out of 30, I believe. And then my second year doing MI, I got 17th out of 24. My very friend, I'm like, I mean, I guess it's good because of my first two years, but there was definitely room for improvement. Yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go. <laughs> so now how many titles do you have now, including trans world? Well, I'm still Mr. Iowa Unlimited because we did not renew that and Mr. Gay Great Plains. Um, United States. Neither one of those are removed, so I never had to step down for those. <laughs> so I guess those are my forever titles. Um, I was Mr. Capital City Pride twice. That's um in Des Moines, Iowa. Mr. Garden. Now uh, let's see, let's see. Um, Mr. Gay Missouri second off, and that was for um Amer Gay America. And then there's well, Mr. Great Plains, and I was in Minnesota. That was the last MI one. That was right before COVID. Okay, so that's seven. So eight with Trans World. Yeah. Yes. And how many MIs? Um, three. Three. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Wow. So three MIs. So the rest are Mister. Three MI, three Mister, and then now Mister Trans World. Yeah. And there's one more. Reason. Oh, one of them was a bar title for Mister. Okay. okay. Now. You you said something that will probably I will always remember. I don't and I'll ever forget this. You said you read it too because that's why he laughed. <laughs> you said to us. He said, "What do you think?" I play with the boys and I date the girl. What the hell does that mean? I think I know, but explain <laughs> what that means because this is the part where if you say to Tim, "Go ahead and log off." Cause there's nothing off the table. So tell us what that means. I play with the boys and I date the girls. Well, I am a paying trans man. So I 
when it when I say the girls, I mean trans women. I'm, I used to mess with cis women, but honestly, I love trans women. I love a chick with a dick. Okay. <laughs> and I mean, I mess with boys. Like, I play around with boys, but yeah. So boys and boys meaning cisgender boys? Or both. Cisgender, gay, which queen it is. Like, I just like what I like. We, yeah. Okay, so... So that so it sounds to me like you definitely like penis. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. And, and that's fine. But I think like when people look at you, they obviously they may they may think you're a gay man, of course. But in the community, we know that you're a trans man. We understand what trans man means. But then you know we kind of would just assume. Yeah. Right. Assumption would be trigger dates women cisgendered women but you're saying you don't date cisgendered women you don't really even sleep with cisgender women because you like a girl with a penis yeah i mean i've done the cisgender thing i was married before i got two kids so i've done that before i, I retired <laughs> right <laughs> so tell me well, okay what's the difference well, what's the difference other than well you like to be penetrated clearly well i am versed so you know, it can go both ways. <laughs> okay, I guess the difference would be like, I don't like toys. So with this gender, if it is penetration, it have to be toys, and that's not my thing. It, it's a different feeling. Okay, got it. I, I understand. So, you know, like um, mostly cisgendered uh, people, they have this narrative or this saying why transition mm -hmm. from female to male but still like penis what is your thoughts around that um honestly I uh, I've always been more masculine my whole entire life like even when I was pregnant everybody said you're you're a man pregnant man like I mean I used to dress like a girl but honestly the female body was never in something that was fully comfortable to me. I always felt off. I felt like it didn't belong. It made me feel a different type of way. Like I was kind of in depression, but I found other ways to try to hide it. But that whole body and everything, it just, it was very uncomfortable. So me transitioning some man and looking more masculine, like this is better for me. I feel more comfortable. Like it's not about the sex. It's I can go without it, but it's just me as a person, as a whole, this makes me feel more comfortable. So it makes me feel a more like. So what was it that happened in your life or at what point did you get to, I'm just, I'm just not happy with who I am or what I see. Um, I honestly would say second grade. I do. I have a picture that I post a lot. It was career day at school and I came home and told my mom's career day. She was like, what do you want to be? I said, a businessman. She said, huh? I said, a businessman. So she dressed me up as a businessman. I was like somebody's son. <laughs> and from that moment on, I knew like, this is it. But I did, ha I did encounter some, I was raped um, by family members when I was younger. So that probably had a lot to do with the trauma as to why I was not comfortable in that body. You said family members. We had yes. family members. It was karaoke. We're going we to go to that. But let's go back to, you said your mom dressed you as a businessman. Yes. So 
did your mom accept you to continue to be a tomboy or whatever you was after uh, saying for the, that? For the most part, um, however I decided to dress, my mom was pretty much okay with it. Because it wasn't like, honestly, I used to dress like Aaliyah and Ellen. Like Ellen was my go-to. <laughs> so being that I dressed like Ellen, she really wasn't too much bothered by it. She loved it. Like, okay, yeah, that's cute. But then when I could start going a little more over to Loane and Usher, she was like, well, hold on. Let's work on this. Like, it got to the point where my high school prom, I went to the suit store. I had a pink um, Steve Harvey suit, some pink gaiters, and a godfather hat. Like, that's what I was wearing for prom. And my mom was like, eh, she was okay with it because, like, we was lucky to fit in everything. Yeah. But she went, literally went and found, she went to Kansas City. I'll never forget. Went to Kansas City, met up with some director, um, this clothing designers, and came back and was like, so what if you have a custom-made Louis Vuitton dress? I'm like, what? She was like, what if you get a custom-made Louis Vuitton dress? I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Not thinking she was serious. Whole time, she's like, oh, well, here's your pattern. Here's your material. We're going to get the dress. <laughs> so I did wear a dress to prom, but it was Louis Vuitton, so I didn't care. I had a tiara. I looked better than the prom queen, so I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> so was that a shocker to the people your friends and stuff when you walked in with a dress like sort of kind of but at the same time my mom's I grew up in church and everybody knows my mom's a missionary all my friends knew how she was because she was at every track meet so everybody knew her but it wasn't really a shocker because it's like oh yeah your mom made you wear a dress it was something we kind of knew was gonna happen even when I was planning to wear a suit we already kind of knew part of my mom's gonna try to fight this at the last minute and that's what you did okay now let's rewind you said you were raped by family member yes when was the first encounter I'd probably say going into first grade wow and did you did you tell your mom? Yeah. And did you understand what was happening? Um, oh, I very much knew what I understood what was happening because that was something we talked about all the time. And she always told me no. But I guess being that I was so young and it was family members that I knew and I also knew how they lived their life on a regular. So when you tell me you're going to hurt my mama or somebody that me telling something like, even though I knew at the end of the day, like my mama could defend herself if something really came down to it. And me being a kid, it's still... You know, I scared me. So I didn't We hear that all the time. Like the child doesn't tell their parent because the person who's doing this is threatening the parent. Like if you tell your mom I'm a killer, if you tell your mom I'm a you know, uh and as and when you're in the first grade, I mean, yeah, like I'm gonna protect my mom if I can. No brainer. But it's so that's why I just in my head it was you keep letting this happen, your mom's gonna be fine. You're not worried about nothing. So I, I mean, I cried about it. It sucks because I was so young and I knew it wasn't okay. But and like, in my head, I was protecting my mom. Your second family member, how old are you? Mm, it's probably about second grade. They were real close. They were always together. So it was kind of like, yeah, this happened. So, yeah. So your mom never had a clue? No. Does she know now? Oh, yeah. Honestly, the reason she ended up finding out was because unfortunately it started happening to other family members 
And so my grandma got to the point because my grandma ended up finding out. She like, wait, hold on. She got to call on the moms like, yo, talk to your kid. Did this happen? Did this happen? This happened. So that's how she ended up finding out. And she like she was extremely hurt by it because she at the end of the day, she was like, I'm your mom. You should have came and told me. But I told her, I was like, mom, I, I didn't know what to do. Like, I know how they live their life on a regular. I don't want to come tell you because if they live their life like that on a regular, they have no no regards for you at all. So what happened to these family members after everybody talked about it? Everybody knew what was going on. What happened? Um, one disappeared and one is in jail. One went to jail for doing this and the other disappeared. Yeah. He, the other one that's in jail, he's in jail for doing this. The other, that's when it got to the point where people started talking. So that one has, he's been in there. I think since I was in 10th grade. So was your case included in that? I, I didn't want to be included in it. I mean, they had enough other stuff, and so I just stayed out of it. But it, it was aware that it was happening to other people. And now, the third time, I want to say fifth grade. Another family member. So they know that these two have done this. So it's all over Front Street, and then uh, it happens again. Yeah. Men or women? Wow. And so that one, did your mom find out or did you have to tell her or how did that go? Um, well, I actually was out of town visiting because I traveled a lot. All Like we lived in different states. So every summer I would travel to go visit my cousin. So I was actually visiting. And when that happened, I'm like, yeah, no, I got to go. So I'm going to stay with my grandma for about a week and then I went back home. And I just never said nothing and never went back. But your mom knows now, right? She will when this episode airs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so it's devastating for a mother. Like, I have two kids that I birthed, that I'm raising, that I take care of, that I just cannot imagine. And I'm so particular about, you know, they don't really, they don't get to spend the night at people's houses. I'm like super anal about it and I, I've never been molested um, and I guess a lot of people don't have that story to tell but I, I can't imagine that happening to my child it's devastating like listening to you say first grade second grade fifth grade like that's devastating to me like it hurt it hurts my feeling like I it, feel it makes me afraid for my for my girls every day I have two girls and a boy so it um afraid for them every day yeah so mentally like what did that do to you mentally it had put me in a bad head like honestly for a while I didn't mess with men for a couple years because of that situation and it didn't make me feel safe but I guess as I got older and I started realizing like clearly they were all there they had no regards for people at all like I can't I can't push every way, everyone away because of what I went. So it took some time of me have just through conversation in years and finding other things to try to take my mind off it. Or you meet other people that has happened to and you guys become friends. Like I'm not gonna lie, a lot of times I don't share my story. Like a friend could be telling me, and I just say it's I'm you know it's relatable and I don't say anything, but that we have our bonds, so it helps me with different things that mentally to overcome. Did you ever um, receive counseling? 
No, I just prayed about it. So you received no counsel? No. Uh, like, okay, so you have a biological child, you, you've been molested. In your molestations, the three, were there's pen- were, was there penetration? Yeah. Okay, so you end up having a biological child at what age? 21. So I guess between you reconciled with being intimate with a male at some point, did it ever feel awkward or, or does it even feel awkward now? Because that is your preference to be with someone who has a penis. So is that awkward ever? Um, It used to be for the most part. And then like, not like there was, there's been times where, you know, sometimes people are a little more aggressive than others. And sometimes they used to be like, well, well, like, false, it's kind of pineapples. So I guess it just took, it just was a mental thing to me. Like I had to mentally get over it. Like even when sometimes it gets a little more aggressive, like, uh, like hold on, pause. Like it's just something in my head. Like, okay, this isn't that person. This isn't that situation. So, I mean, it took a while. Yeah. I will. So, if I may ask, um, and you don't have to answer, but um, what's your HIV stat? Negative. Now, do you actively practice safe sex? Yes. I am. I I go to the doctor every two, three months. I practice safe sex and I am on prep. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I make sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's important. You, yeah. And are you currently in a relationship? No. Wait a minute. What's the. Ooh, <laughs> kind of, sort of, maybe no. I'm baiting. I've been. What, what, ooh. I guess I was uh, saying no. I'm not disgraced it. I don't know about that answer. <laughs> yeah, you sound like you're in a relationship. I'm going to tell you that right now. Your ass going to be in trouble when they see this. Um, talking about, mm, no. Um, so, wow. I think um, it, it is, it is, we hear often, and I'm kind of going back. So, no, I didn't go to therapy. I prayed about it. That is not a good answer. And people in the black community, I want y'all to know that praying about it is not enough and it's okay to go to therapy. It's okay to talk through this stuff. It's okay to have those conversations because like it has to affect you in some way, even if it's just being terrified for your children. And I think having coping tools to deal with those emotions is important especially for our overall mental health. I'm starting to feel like mental health is more important than physical health. Like mental health is on a damn war war age right now. So especially in the black community. Absolutely. Um, one thing I was talking to an elderly person in the grocery store and we somehow started talking about suicide and she said to me, um, and she was a she was a black lady, she said, you know, in my day and probably in your your parents' day, black people didn't kill themselves. It was unheard of. You never heard of black people killing themselves. And now it's everywhere. Black people are killing themselves. And she said, times have changed. We are changing as a people. And, you know, she's elderly, so I'm listening. And I, I thought, 
wow, she's right. I remember my dad saying that to me. We don't kill ourselves. Like, we don't do that. And now when a young person commits suicide, it's almost like mind-blowing. It's devastating. Like, what, you know, what color was she or what color was he? Because we didn't do that. Right before and now it's it's crazy but mental health is so dang important so you know I would say to you consider going to therapy consider talking through that shit consider sharing with someone that you don't know that that's educated that has tools to help you work through the emotions that you don't tell anybody about that you don't share that you keep to yourself you have a full life ahead of you and I think to release whatever it is you hold in that space, whatever it may be, I think it's worth it. Yeah. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth like being a better version of you, being a happier version of you, being being at more at peace with you, all those things, you deserve that. So it, it requires more than prayer. Yeah. You know, I, and I, um, I want to say, you know, now that you are a part of, uh, the trans world brand, um, because you are now, um, like you will, you are cemented, you are the first Mr. Trans world. And, um, you know, we want you to know that we are here for you. We don't, we don't care about any narratives that have been painted about you that's out there. None of that matters. What matters is day one from when you won. Um, you don't have to go through life alone. Yeah. Um, so I, I just wanted to say that, you know, we are here, we are open. Um, I'll make sure you also have my number, um, because we can't do life alone. That's just period. We can't do life alone and we try to be tough, especially us trans men, but we all need somebody. And I know that for sure, as strong as I am, degrees, everything, I suffer with mental health. I, I do. Um, I, I suffer with anxiety and depression and it hits me out of nowhere. Everything could be going great roof over my head, car, job, beautiful family, and it uh, hit me. I remember one time I was supposed to be preparing for church and it just hit me. And I, stay, I stayed in the rocking chair the entire time, the light on, clothes everywhere, and I'm a neat freak. And I did not know what the, I did not know what was wrong with me. And I just felt depressed and alone. And I know I got all these people that love me. But when it hit, you can't control it. So when you know you got people out there that love you and that's willing and that, you know, have their arms open for you, utilize those people. And I'm letting you know right now that uh, trans world, we we are those people. And you probably have your own set people, but allow us to be in your corner as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always say, yeah, I always say, trust me unless I give you a reason not to trust. And that's what we want you to do for us. Trust us unless we give you a reason not to trust. Yep. Yep. Well, th this is another great interview. Um, 
and and I'm still like every time every time I think about two trigger, I think <laughs> I'll play with the boys but I take the girl. That is funny. <laughs> that that hickles me on the inside. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the title of this show. That's gonna be the title of this show. I play with the boys and I date the girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's almost like that um thing that stuck out with Alfonso them in the green room from the hole to the home. From the hole to the home. <laughs> and, and the people was, you know, hitting. So yeah, that's your dream. But we 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 appreciate you hanging out with us. Um we always enjoy just hearing different stories from different people. And, you know, in season one, we didn't have any pansexuals, I don't think. We've had several pansexuals already in the season two of the Trans World podcast. So um I'm always learning like I'm like pansexual. What what what's that? Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> It's making me check myself out. <laughs> I don't know, Mom. Yeah. Check, check. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> uh, um, I, and I don't know. Like, I guess I'm still pretty in the box of, uh, I'm I'm still pretty much in the box of lesbian, I think. Uh, but I do believe love is love. Huh? Yeah, I had to, yeah, I had to like one. I'm sorry. Say, I can't hear both of you say it again. I said, so are you a lipstick lesbian? Yes. 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 I am. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yes. Yes. That's that's accurate. Um. So I think I still pretty much fall in that box. Um. But I do believe that love is love, and um, when it's right, gender doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm a firm believer of that. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> oh, I bet you are. Uh, but yeah, nonetheless, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Um, Malik, let's wrap this thing up. All right. So here on this Trans World Podcast, we created a safe space for our trans brothers, sisters, and non-binary counterparts. To be able to tell their truth. We would love to advertise your business on this Transwear podcast, and we're also looking for community partners and sponsors. Follow us on our social media. You can follow Raquel at R-A-Q-U-E-L-R-T-3. You can follow Transworld ATL. And you can follow me at one. That's the number one gorgeous underscore underscore turquoise. Underscore. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, and also please go over to our YouTube uh, channel subscribe at Dreamcatchers Production thank you yeah <laughs> guys thank you so much and until next time we'll leave you with this it's a trans world podcast um, we're here to educate you about the trans experience as well as uh, the experiences of our non-binary family as well we're about equality we're about change we're about community we're about support um, and more most important we always say love is love. I'm Raquel. And until next time, guys, be good. It's a Trans World Podcast. We'll see you soon. That's right. Thank you. <laughs>